This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And to help me run through those headlines, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by my Blood Red colleague, Matt Addison. Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. It's been uh, an interesting few days. Lots of uh, stories coming out, obviously, between the end of, of one season and the start of another very short period. But uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. Good stuff. Yeah, I've been off for the week. And I had a bit of a catch-up last night with Evan that I've missed, but it did mean I missed the uh, Jurgen Klopp documentary on Channel 4, Germany's Greatest Export. I've got it recorded, going to hopefully watch it tonight once the kids are in bed. Is it a, a good watch? Yeah, it certainly was. It was uh, an interesting documentary. I certainly enjoyed it, and I'd, I'd recommend it to, to any Liverpool fans. I mean, there's not loads in it that, that you probably don't know. There's, there is a... a to be fair, a few different uh, sort of clips that you might not have seen. There's uh, a good clip of, of Jürgen Klopp on a German game show where he's sort of having a, a good laugh with the host and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, things like that that you don't sort of see too much of with Jürgen Klopp. He sort of keeps himself to himself away from, from football. Those sorts of things were, were really interesting. And, yeah, it just sort of charts the, the story, really, from Mainz in, in 1990, around the time that Liverpool's last uh, title win came and then all the way through the journey of both Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp all the way through those 30 years and yeah plenty of, of familiar faces not least James Pearce of course formerly of the Liverpool Echo so yeah well well worth a watch Jurgen and his players are currently on a two week break before returning for what would be the shortest of pre-seasons but no doubt the Liverpool manager will be keeping abreast of any transfer deals he feels the club could and should make. And reports over the last few days, Matt, and particularly yesterday, suggest he is interested in a defender that is currently playing in La Liga. Yeah, it's uh, Aisa Mandy of Real Betis. Uh, apparently can play centre-back or, or right-back as well. He's, to be honest, not a player that I had heard of um, a week or so ago, but as you say, a few Sort of links have emerged, and yeah, the uh, Algerian player, seemingly one that Liverpool reportedly wants uh, to replace Dan Lovren with, apparently would cost around nine million pounds, so wouldn't break the bank. I think it, it certainly makes sense in that regard. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Hafid Deraji, uh, the journalist in Algeria, who uh, has broken the, this story, claims that Liverpool are, are certainly very keen to, to get a deal done. And, I'm not too sure whether it is one that Liverpool will do, but the one thing I would say is that it does sort of make sense. He's slightly younger than Dan Lovren, I think about two or three years younger, can play in a couple of different positions, would come fairly cheaply, comes from you know a very good team, a sort of ball-playing team as well in, in Real Betis. So you know, stylistically, there's a good chance that it makes sense. Certainly the price would make sense to replace Dan Lovren with a player for for less money would, would certainly be a, a good way of doing it, I suppose you would say. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few days. But I suppose at this stage, that is all we can say. It is it is speculation only at this stage. As much as it does make sense, I think we, we have to wait for a few more links or, or whatever to emerge before we go any deeper into this one. Agreed. I think it's fair enough to say, as you mentioned there, with Lovren moving to Zenit St. Petersburg, Liverpool could well need a fourth centre-back, but that need would become even greater if the report from Cameroon overnight regarding Joel Matip proves to be true, Matt. Yeah, there's been a, a few different links 
with Joel Matip over the last couple of days. And yeah, this latest one coming from Cameroon, it's sort of an extension really of, of what we've seen over the last couple of days. Paris Saint-Germain are certainly, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest teams in the world, as are Liverpool. And, and Joel Matip, would he be interested in, in moving there as this report suggests? It's possible. I suppose he would potentially be a first choice there, more so than he is in Liverpool. But uh, yeah, the, the report in Cameroon really stating that you know, PSG see Joel Matip as their number one target to replace the outgoing Thiago Silva. So yeah, I'm sure Liverpool will not want to lose Joel Matip this summer. Certainly he's a player who's played a lot for Liverpool. He's developed certainly a great deal over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, yeah, look, if uh, Thomas Tuchel is interested in him, obviously still the, the PSG manager, it wouldn't be a huge shock. I'm sure he's a player that he will know well from his time in Germany. Joel Matip has, has obviously, as I say, developed a great deal. Is one of the, the best centre-backs really in the Premier League at this moment in time. So you know, when you, you go through, I think he's he's better than <clears throat> better than any of the Arsenal centre-backs. Probably better than the Chelsea ones. I think he's at least as good as, as Harry Maguire, say. I think Amrit Laporte is, is better than him probably, but not too many others at, at Manchester City. So, you know, he is probably one of maybe the top five centre-backs in, in the Premier League. It would be you know, a big, big loss for, for Liverpool to lose him. So I'd be very surprised if, if they were to let him go this summer. If they did, I mean, who knows what the price tag would be, but you'd expect at least sort of 50 million, maybe, maybe you know, considerably more than that. So, for me, it, it just cannot happen. Liverpool can't lose two centre-backs in the same summer. Matip, as I say, one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. You'd be very, very surprised if this one happened. But I suppose it, it does all depend on the money that PSG put down if they were to put down a fee that Liverpool couldn't refuse. Now, potentially, Liverpool could go out and, and buy a replacement and maybe a less injury-prone replacement, but probably not a replacement that is as good as Joel Matip for, for a third-choice centre-back. So, yeah, it, it's not one that I would like to see happen. But I suppose it's not a great shock that a team like PSG would be keen to buy somebody as good as Joel Matip. No, I completely agree with those points. I do, I do think it's interesting that you you look at Liverpool's squad. There are a number of players who are probably reaching that 28, 29, 30-year-old and... You look at players like Mane, Salah and Firmino, they would be going absolutely nowhere. But for, for players like Matip, as good as he is, you know, there's always a, a, that conundrum, isn't there, for a club like Liverpool who do have a specific transfer model that if they get a premium fee for a player of that age, it must be something they, they have to consider, even though, as you say, it would weaken the squad and it wouldn't mean Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards having to, to bring in replacements. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was. He'd be a really, really difficult player to replace. I think that's the only thing I would say. I mean, there's not too many great centre-backs out there, be it in England or, or elsewhere. So I think for Liverpool to, you know, even if they got 50, 60 million for him, to go out and buy somebody as good as Joel Matty would be a really difficult task. And certainly this summer as well, it's not something that, that Liverpool would have wanted to, to be going out or, or not something they would have been planning on doing. So... Yeah, the, the rumours over the last couple of days sort of came out of, of nowhere, so I'd be surprised if they happened. But you can sort of see why it makes sense, because if you are looking for, for a centre-back you think might be attainable because he's, he's maybe not first choice, but he's still at that top level, I suppose Joel Matip is, is one of the few that, that would fit the bill for PSG. 
The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You would hope that any player sales, plenty, any player sales, I should say, would allow Jurgen Klopp to strengthen his squad in, in other areas ahead of the Premier League title defence. But with each passing day, Matt, it does seem more and more likely that Jadon Sancho, a player that we all know Klopp and Myers, seems set to sign for Manchester United. But once again, it does appear that Manchester United may not have been Sancho's first choice. No, there's, there's been a, a few different reports. It, as you say, it does seem like Jadon Sancho is edging towards a move to Manchester United. Some reports yesterday suggested personal terms had been agreed. Uh, the fee, it seems to be getting closer as well, maybe something like 60 or 70 million to begin with, and then another 50, 60 on top of that in uh, in add-on. So, yeah, it's uh, a player that we know Jurgen Klopp loves. He wanted him really when he left Manchester City to go to Borussia Dortmund. If that had been possible, I think Liverpool would have, have made their move there. But, yeah, the, the latest report suggests that a family member of Jadon Sancho has reportedly said that, that Sancho himself would prefer a move to Liverpool over Manchester United. But, I mean, it, it's a big claim. It, it does make sense, I suppose, in the sense that you know, Liverpool are in a better place than United at this moment in time. But at the same time, I'm sure that will beg the question, could he waited? Could he have waited 12 months if he was that desperate to, to come to Liverpool, maybe come to Liverpool next summer, rather than Old Trafford this? But, look, I suppose when you look at the fee, as I mentioned, it's, you know, going to be a total of, of around about 120 million, whether that's this summer or next summer. I don't think it really makes too much of a difference. I can't see Liverpool spending that sort of fee on one player as much as, as Jurgen Klopp likes him and as much as he's an excellent young player. And I do think 120 million, as much as that is, will prove to be good value. Certainly when you look at the numbers that he's posting at the age that he is. I just can't see Liverpool spending that much money on one single player. So, look, it it seems like James Sancho is going to be a Manchester United player. That would be no shock at all. Um, but yeah, as much as I would like him to be at Liverpool, James Sancho, it just doesn't seem like at this stage of his career where he's now taken off and, and would demand that huge fee, it just doesn't seem like a Liverpool kind of signing as much as Jadon Sancho potentially, reportedly, might want it to be. What's well, fairly clear from that documentary, I'm sure made clear last night and, and when you hear people like Kylian Mbappe speaking about Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, that the best players in the world want to play under Klopp and, and for this club and then it, it just depends if FSG release the funds to for, for Klopp to go and sign the, the likes of Sancho and in, in this case it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But really, just to back up that argument, there were comments made by Bayern Munich's Robin Lewandowski, who over the past season, I think, has probably been the best striker in the world. And he's been speaking about Klopp and just what a great guy and what a great manager he is. Yeah, an absolutely unbelievable player, Robert Lewandowski. I think he's slightly unfortunate that the Ballon d'Or isn't going to take place this year because he'd be right up there, certainly, for, for that award. But yeah, he says, Jürgen Klopp, obviously, a manager that he worked with at Borussia Dortmund, he says... Klopp has two faces. He has the coach face and the father face. So, yeah, some some nice words from from Lewandowski speaking to to ESPN. I think it was. He says he prefers Jurgen Klopp just to, to Pep Guardiola, who of course he worked with at, at Bayern Munich. Um, and yeah, he just sort of talks through really how Klopp is is really good at, at knowing how and and how hard to push players and, and get the best out of them, which 
certainly we've seen that plenty of times at Liverpool. And again, it's, you know, like that documentary, as you mentioned, like so many other things, it's it's just another example, really, of how how valued and, and how appreciated Jurgen Klopp is by his former players, by some of the best players in the world as well, for somebody of Robert Lewandowski's sort of calibre to be talking about the Liverpool manager in that way. I mean, probably five, six, seven years ago, Liverpool fans would be absolutely loving this because it, it, it would be sort of an, almost an alien thing for a, a world-class player of Robert Lewandowski standing to be talking about somebody involved at, at Liverpool with such such a smile on his face and, and you can sort of see when he makes these comments, you know, how excited he is to be talking about Jurgen Klopp and, you know, it's almost just a, a normal story now, isn't it? It's something we've become used to that, you know, Jurgen Klopp is one of, if not the best managers in the world. Liverpool have got some of the best players in the world. Jadon Sancho wants to, to come and play for Liverpool before Manchester United. Robert Lewandowski loves Jurgen Klopp and, and the coaching staff. You know, it, it just underlines even further really how far Liverpool have come because, you know, I'm sure, you know, had Liverpool been in the market for a striker, had Liverpool, you know, wanted to buy Lewandowski, it's something that he'd probably look at because, you know, it's absolutely clear that, that Liverpool are one of the best teams in the world. Jurgen Klopp is one of the best coaches in the world. And yeah, when you hear comments like this, it's it's almost putting it into to perspective, really. I think it's it's easy to forget sometimes when you're almost in that Liverpool football, whether you're a Liverpool fan, whether you're, like us journalists who cover Liverpool day in, day out, it's almost easy to forget just how highly regarded Liverpool are at the moment because, as you say, the best striker in the world thinks that, that Jurgen Klopp is an amazing coach and is more than happy to, to go on record and say that. So, yeah, it can, uh, can only be a good thing and can only be positive indicator of, of where Liverpool are at at the moment I think God what a tantalising prospect that would be Lewandowski at the, the, the forefront of this Liverpool attack with Firmino behind him and Salah and Mane wide I don't think that one's going to happen given his age probably given how much he'd cost but wow that would be some strike force uh, you talked about Jurgen Klopp being appreciated by his former players and current players another man who certainly appreciates him is Liverpool's principal owner John W. Henry uh, John W. Henry doesn't give too many interviews I think that's fair enough to say so it's always interesting to hear what he says when he does and he has been speaking Matt to the club's official website yeah it's a nice interview this as well some more positivity really surrounding Liverpool it's obviously Liverpool's owner he says it's uh, been an emotional 10 year journey at Liverpool um, he says it's you know it's been extraordinary to be a part of it um, and certainly you know the, the last couple of years the, the progress that, that Liverpool have made I think you know he does have to take some of the credit as much as you know some Liverpool fans won't like me saying that I think obviously the job that not just him but, but FSG as a whole really have done has, has been fantastic not least appointing Jurgen Klopp and obviously Liverpool as we've said in, in the position that they are in right now I don't think it would have happened you know, without some sort of influence from, from John W. Henry but yeah he praises Jurgen Klopp he praises the players outgoing uh, Chief Executive Peter Moore uh, Mike Gordon obviously part of the, the board at, at FSG Michael Edwards who's played an absolutely enormous role in recruitment and, and that sort of thing and, and finally the, the fans as well praises uh, them as well which I think it's uh, a given almost that, that he would say that but certainly you know, appreciated uh, on all sides and yeah, it's just a, a nice interview to, to check out the, the quotes really I'd, I'd recommend people Give that a read because, you know, 
he's still a divisive figure, let's put it that way. Uh, whenever we write or, or talk about him, the comments are always very divided between people who uh, absolutely love and, and appreciate what he's done and, and then on the, the opposite say, you know, it's all down to Jürgen Klopp and it's it's almost despite rather than because of FSG and, and John W. Henry. But you know, anybody who, who maybe is still critical and, and still... Uh, skeptical about the work that, that he and FSG have done. I think you know, read this interview and you might get at least uh, an insight into at least how much he cares about the project and how much he cares about sport. Because you know, whether it's at Liverpool, whether it's at the Red Sox, the one thing we do know is that he is very much um, a winner. He wants to be here, not just for for the money and the financial side of it, but he wants to win. And, Certainly, Liverpool over the last couple of seasons have managed to do that. So, yeah, it, it's clear from these quotes that he's very proud of, of what his organisations have, have done. Uh, he's very proud of, of everyone involved, everyone on that list that I mentioned has played their part. But certainly for me, he has too. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it would have been a disappointment for him that he couldn't have been over in Liverpool when the Premier League title was won. But I know him and his wife and his family were, were all watching on and yeah, I'm sure obviously they're not Liverpool fans. It it wouldn't have meant quite as much to to him and the and FSG as it would to to Liverpool's fan base, but certainly I don't think we should underestimate how much it, it would have meant to him as as the principal owner, as you say. Not at all. Thank you very much, Matt, and thank you all at home or at work for listening. That's all for today's Morning Bulletin. I'll be back tomorrow with the latest Liverpool headlines. We will have a podcast later on this afternoon. It could either be analysing Anfield, which is getting recorded, or we could have a really special one for you. We're just waiting for that to be uh, all completed and signed off. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.